Sounds like Amos. Yep, Eric, we're going to finish the book of Amos today. Yeah, we are. That's exactly what we're going to do. So today is day 160, and we will be reading, after I put my phone in airplane mode, we will be reading Amos 7, 8, and 9. That's correct, Eric. Good job. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. <clears throat> You the are. Sovereign Lord. Oh, wow. Oh, because I took your thing. <laughs> oh, the I Sovereign Lord, show me a vision. <laughs> you were drinking your soda. The Sovereign Lord showed me a vision. I saw him preparing to send a vast swarm of locusts over the land. This was after the king's share had been harvested from the fields and as the main crop was coming up. In my vision, the locust ate every green plant in sight. Then I said, Oh, Sovereign Lord. Please forgive us, or we will not survive, for Israel is so small. So the Lord relented from this plan. I will not do it, he said. Then the sovereign Lord showed me another vision. I saw him preparing to punish his people with a great fire. The fire had burned up the depths of the sea and was devouring the entire land. Then I said, O sovereign Lord, please stop, or we will not survive, for Israel is too small. Then the Lord relented from this plan too. I will not do that either, said the sovereign Lord. Then he showed me another vision. <clears throat> I saw the Lord standing beside a wall that had been built using a plumb line. He was using a plumb line to see if it was still straight. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? I answered, a plumb line. And the Lord replied, I will test my people with this plumb line. I will no longer ignore all their sins. The pagan shrines of your ancestors will be ruined, and the temples of Israel will be destroyed. I will bring the dynasty of King Jeroboam to a sudden end. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos is hatching a plot against you here in, on your very doorstep. And what he's saying is intolerable. He is saying Jeroboam will soon be killed and the people of Israel will be sent away into exile. Then Amaziah sent orders to Amos, Get out of here, you prophet. Go back to the land of Judah and earn your living by prophesying there. Don't bother us with your prophecies here in Bethel. This is the king's sanctuary and the national place of worship. But Amos replied, I'm not a professional prophet, and I was never trained to be one. I'm just a shepherd. I take care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord called me away from my flock and told me, Go and prophesy to my people in Israel. Now then, listen to this message from the Lord. You say, don't prophesy against Israel, stop preaching against my people, but this is what the Lord says. Your wife will become a prostitute in this city, and your sons and daughters will be killed. Your land will be divided up, and you yourself will die in a foreign land. And the people of Israel will certainly become captives in exile, far from their homeland. Then the summer Lord showed me another <coughs> vision. In it I saw a basket filled with ripe fruit. Mm. What do you see, Amos, he asked. I replied, a basket full of ripe fruit. Then the Lord said, like this fruit, Israel is ripe for punishment. I will not delay their punishment again. In that day, the singing of the temple will turn into wailing. Dead bodies will be scattered everywhere. They will be carried out of the city in silence. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Listen to this, you who rob the poor and trample down the needy. You can't wait for the Sabbath day to be over and the religious festivals to end so you can get back to cheating the helpless. You measure out grain with dishonest measures and cheat the buyer with dishonest scales. And you mix the grain you sell with chaff swept from the floor. Then you enslave poor people for one piece of silver or a pair of sandals. Now the Lord has sworn this oath by his own name, the pride of Israel. I will never forget the wicked things you have done. The earth will tremble for your deeds and everyone will mourn. 
The ground will rise like the Nile River at flood time. It will heave up, then sink again. In that day, says the Sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and and darken the earth while it is day. I will turn your celebrations into times of mourning and your singing into weeping. You will wear funeral clothes and shave your heads to show your sorrow as if your only son had died. How very bitter that day will be. The time is surely coming, says the Sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread or water, but hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from border to border, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Beautiful girls and strong young men will grow faint in that day, thirsting for the Lord's word. And those who swear by the shameful idols of Samaria, who take oaths in the name of the God of Dan and make vows in the name of the God of Beersheba, they will fall down, never to rise again. Then I saw a vision of the Lord standing beside the altar. He said, Strike the tops of the temple columns so that the foundation will shake. Bring down the roof on the heads of the people below. I will kill with the sword those who survive. No one will escape. Even if they dig down to the place of the dead, I will reach down and pull them up. Even if they climb into the heavens, I will bring them down. Even if they hide at the very top of Mount Carmel, I will search them out and capture them. Even if they hide at the bottom of the ocean, I'll send sea serpent after them to bite them. Hmm. Even if their enemies drive them into exile, I'll command the sword to kill them there. I am determined to bring disaster upon them and not to help them. The Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, touches the land and it melts, and its people and all its people mourn. The ground rises like the Nile River at flood time and then sinks again. The Lord's home reaches up to the heavens while its foundation is on the earth. He draws up water from the oceans and pours it down as rain on the land. The Lord is his name. Are you Israelites more important to me than the Ethiopians, asked the Lord? I brought Israel out of Egypt, but I also brought the Philistines from Crete and led the Arameans out of Kerr. I, the sovereign Lord, am watching this sinful nation of Israel. I will destroy it from the face of the earth. But I will never completely destroy the family of Israel, says the Lord, for I will give the command and will shake Israel along with other nations. As grain is shaken in a sieve, yet not the one true kernel will be lost, but all the sinners will die by the sword, and all those who say nothing bad will happen to us. In that day I will restore the fallen house of David. I will repair its damaged walls. From the ruins I will rebuild it and restore its former glory. And Israel will possess what is left of Edom and all the nations I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken, and he will do these things. The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and grapes will grow faster, and they can be harvested. Then they can be harvested. Then the terrace vineyards on the hill of Israel will dip, drip with sweet wine. I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from the distant lands, and they will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them again. They will plant vineyards and gardens. They will eat their crops and drink their wine. I will firmly plant them there in their own land. They will never again be uprooted from the land that I've given them, says the Lord your God. And that is our reading today. Woo! All right. So, as we read... Amos 7, 8, and 9. Amos, Amos. You really kicked that off well. It's, uh, you know, it's good to keep me humble because I always think, man, I'm really I'm really carrying this podcast because I always read first. You know, like I'm the guy. You are the guy. More like Eric and Chip reading through yeah. the Bible, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no. That's true. Anyway. Okay. So we have two questions in mind. We do. What's this tell us about God? What's this tell us about us? So, Chip. Yes. What? <laughs> what? What does this tell us about God, Chip? I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Yeah, I just thought of that question just yeah. now. This tells me that God will no longer ignore their sins. Mm-hmm. He, he will not do it. He can't do it. And he's not going to do it. He will no longer ignore their sins. And then you see here the judgment that's coming down because of their sins. And then his desire to bring them back and rebuild cities and plant vineyards and gardens again and all that good stuff. But he, he can't ignore it. Yeah. And... Um, it's interesting because um, 
as a parent, sometimes I think it's easier to ignore the sins of my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. But then I think I love them. I'm their parent. I have this responsibility. And so, you know, I've had to, you know, crack down all the time as a parent. But, you know, it, it just, it's sometimes it's easier to ignore. But God doesn't take the easy road. You know, because he loves us and he can't ignore sin, has to be punished and dealt with. And he will and he has. And he'll continue to do so. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's what it tells me about God. Okay. My what it tells us about us is really different from that. So That's we okay. might come up with two different applications here. Yeah. Mine kind of has a self-contained application. Um, it doesn't matter who we think we are. If God calls us to do something, that's what we are. So... You probably know where that's coming from, but where Amos says, I'm not a professional prophet. Yeah. I'm a shepherd. Shepherd. I keep sycamore fig trees mm-hmm. like Chip. Yep. You know, and he's like, then I got told to go be a prophet. That's right. So it doesn't matter what you think you are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you've always been. If God's telling you you're something, then that's what you are. What you God has a much better perspective on who you are than you do. So you might be, true. God might be calling you to something and mm-hmm. you might think to yourself, well, I'm not that. I'm, I'm not this. that. I can't you do know? it. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. I can't manage no that. No way. But that's what God's telling you you yep. are. And so he is worth believing. These people were hating on Amos because he was bringing the true message of God and they told him to go home. And they mm-hmm. said, you know, you're in, you go prophesy some, for hire somewhere else. You know, go make your money prophesying down in Judah, your own people, your own place. Mm-hmm. Don't come here with that crap. And he said, hey, I'm not even a prophet, man. I'm just here because God told me to be. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's my, what this tells us about us. Yeah. And obviously, I think there's some strong implications for stuff that's happening in my life right now with the church plant. And, sure. you know, you may not. I'm not from Heston. I'm not a Hestonite, mm-hmm. you know. And, I, and I'm not a church planter. Yeah. I'm not. I've never been trained to be a church planter. Never mm-hmm. been taught to be a church planter. True. But here I am. Here you are. <laughs> planting a church in Heston. Here you are, and, and there you go. Yeah, and and because God told me to. Yeah. You know, and Hannah would say the same thing. I'm not a worship director. Mm-hmm. You know, but there yeah. she'll be. She's yeah. not a church planter, but there she'll be because God said she is. Here's the thing, Eric. God <clears throat> does not ignore the sins of his people. Yeah. And if he's called you to do it and you don't do it. Oh, well, yep. That's a sin. <laughs> yeah, it is. And he will not he ignore, won't ignore it. He will wake you up. <laughs> yeah. You're just right. think about Jonah. Just think about others. He's called to do things. And they mm-hmm. didn't do it. They ran away. So it does go together. Yeah. There is a connection. There is a connection. There is a connection. It's true. So what do we do with it? I think, one, just understand that your sin won't be ignored. Mm-hmm. You know, and that includes the sin of um, pushing off what God might be calling you to do. And um, that is so true. You know, if you try yeah. to escape that, he's a good father mm-hmm. and he won't let you, you know. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of like to take your analogy of your kids, yep. right? And none of your kids are this, so I feel safe saying it. But, like, imagine being the, the father of, like, a, a just-out-of-high-school kid who's just a deadbeat, mm-hmm. isn't going to do anything, mm-hmm. right? You can't ignore that. That's no, terrible for them. Yeah, it's terrible for them. That's a one-way ticket to just a, a useless life, yeah. right? It's just idle and terrible, right? Mm-hmm. So a loving father would wake them up. And that's the same if God's calling wake you to do up. something. He's giving you a purpose and a direction and a mission. Um, mm-hmm. If you ignore it, he's got to wake you up. Yeah. He's got to. That's right. Otherwise, it's then not loving. Will. Yes. Okay. Okay, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, is that what we say now? I don't know. And that is our podcast today. <laughs> and then we hang up. Yeah, that's right. Right. 
Yeah. No, I like our hangups. They're unpredictable. Yeah, you never know. 